Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. It is a gut reaction morning after, so more of a morning after. Let's feel things out reaction. You get a chance to, to sleep on it overnight. And uh, on a back-to-back Falcons winning Monday to finish the season 7-10, and 10, identical to the record they had last year, but it's a very different feel to this team coming out of the 2022 season. Nick, good morning. My name is Scott Kennedy. I go by Scout Kennedy on my various... Uh, various social media channels. You can find me at Scott Kennedy on Twitter. You can find me at Scott Kennedy on YouTube, where you probably found me today. And Nick Kendall is in Seattle. So we are coast to coast with our football takes this morning. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, excited about the Broncos coming off a win and excited about this Falcons team. I mean, we always knew that this year was going to be kind of a, a year that you had to stomach, you know, get this one down, keep this one down, and then you can kind of really go from there and Ending on a high note as well, uh, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, things are looking up in Atlanta. And this was a fun game. A lot of young players uh, stepped up and had impacts on the game from the previous two draft classes. So uh, feeling pretty good. Uh, I guess I do have a little bit of the Monday scare. Or they say Sunday scaries, right? But it's the Monday scaries, right? The first full week in two weeks because of Christmas and New Year's. But uh, other than that, doing pretty well. I know, and they make up for it with my kids by having Monday and Tuesday off of next week. I, I mm. swear to God, kids these days, they they don't get much of a summer. They only get two months of summers now. We used to get a full three months. But they only have five-day school week like four times all year. This happens to be one of them. This is usually when one of them ends up getting sick. Like, oh, I don't feel good. Like, yeah, couldn't make the five days, huh? Anyway, I actually went to elementary school with a kid. Shout out to Matt Stephanie. If this ever finds you anywhere, I'll never forget this. Matt Stephanie. Didn't miss a day of elementary school in six years. 
perfect attendance in six years of elementary school. My kids can't go a month. They're soft. Of course, they also don't want you coming to school now if you've got so much as a, a sniffle. On that note, let's say hello to some folks in the chat. Michael Ranquillo coming in from Arizona was the first one. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. And AE coming in on YouTube. He says, good morning, fellas. Give Desmond Ritter 10 more pounds, a center or a left guard. And Kyle at wide receiver one, and he'll be okay. And uh, Pruitt and Fersker at tight end. And then Tyler Algier can be that bell cow. Look pretty good, you know, at, at, at times this year, that's for sure. And then, you know, CPCP is not going anywhere. He got a three-year deal that was at least a two-year deal. Um, you know, if anything, you might want to rework it and help put another year on that deal. <laughs> Where he's still playing uh, the Fountain of Youth. Michael Mitchell, it feels like a newer name, Michael, um, coming in. So good morning. Welcome. Appreciate you being here. Says if Marietta was a starting QB, then it's a no-brainer that Ritter could be the starting QB next year. Yeah, when I first read this, it took me a second, and I actually process things better audio-wise. So as soon as I read it out loud, it made sense. If Ritter can, if Mariota can be a starting quarterback on this team, obviously Ritter can. Um, yeah, Ritter. I, and let me sh- let me sh- let me bring this up here real quick. Uh, Tori Mc, oh, I'm gonna butcher your name, Tori Mc McHell McL Haney McHell Haney McHell. Oh, that's a that's a that's a tough one, McHell Haney McElhaney. Anyway, here's her name. She's a beat writer for the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, she actually did a a poll. Do you want to see Desmond Ritter as your starting quarterback next year? And that was pretty conclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, it was 82% voted yes of Falcons fans. Um, and that's, that's pretty good. And I think he did enough that people say, yeah, I don't necessarily want to use a top pick on the draft, Nick, I, I don't want to use a top pick on this draft. I want to give Desmond Ritter a chance here. Um, that came through okay. Y'all saw that, right? It flashed yeah. and everything. But, uh, you know, that was I think that was a pretty solid poll because Twitter is not exactly the most positive environment in the world. You know, and to get an 82% after the game, you know, that was that's a pretty good vote of confidence from your your fan base. Yeah, I will say Twitter is very reactive. Uh, it's very in the moment, and Desmond Ritter coming off a game with a lot of flashes on uh, you know money downs, third downs, creating plays. Obviously, not a perfect game. I don't. I still don't know what happened in that uh, fumble that he had in that game, where the ball just like popped. There was like a glitch. That's like something like if that happened in Madden, I'm like you stupid game. It was in his hand. How does that happen? It doesn't just <laughs> slip through his hand. I said um, that about but, Aaron Rodgers when he hung fifty on us at the dome in uh, in two thousand eleven. I said, if, if, if I was, if someone was making throws against me like this in Madden, you know, sprinting hard, right. And throwing it 50 yards downfield on a dime, I'd say this thing is ridiculous. You can't do this. So yeah, I know what you mean. What, what happened here? It was a glitch. It definitely glitched on that one, but he had a good game. A lot of good throws, uh, him and Drake London had a great, uh, it seemed like third and fourth down connection there. As far as Desmond Ritter being the quarterback next year, one game isn't going to change what I'm saying on this. I think there's obviously stuff to build on. But you are picking, what is it, seventh in the draft? Eighth Eight. in the draft? Eighth, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, eighth. If you that's, lost that's it. the top. Yeah, I put that in the title, so let's get that right yep. off the top. We are uh, The Atlanta Falcons have the eighth pick. And, Nick, I asked a bunch of people, I asked on one of my pages, I said, would it be worth beating Tampa to drop a spot in the draft? And people were like, hell yes, it would. One spot, yeah. One spot, yeah, it would. We never have to hear, you know, Tom Brady never lost to the Falcons. Yeah, that L counts. That yeah. all counts now. So it you don't does. ever have to hear that again. Worth one spot from seven to eight. Yes. From one to two. 
No. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Texans fans. Um, but I come back to the same thing I've said the whole time. And if I'm, I'm nothing but if not consistent, I guess. Uh, Desmond Ritter looked good here. And if you want to roll with him next season, that's fine. The Falcons can. The Falcons should. The Falcons will put in work on this quarterback class. Uh, you're picking this high. You don't know if you're going to be here again. You didn't like Desmond Ritter enough to pick him until your fourth pick in last year's draft class. Uh, obviously, um, things change. You have new data here. He looked competent. He looked to be exciting uh, this season. But you are going to put in work on Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. And if you like one of those guys more, it's going to be a tough decision. And it's not because of Ritter. It's because of where you're at and because of the evaluation you have on those other guys. Which, fair or not to Ritter. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens here. But I mean, I would I be confident going into next season with Ritter? Yes. Am I confident that Ritter is a 15-year franchise quarterback? No. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And it's a, it's a small sample size. Mm-hmm. And his two wins came against Arizona Cardinals, who, you know, at the end of the season, and then Tampa Bay, who had kind of shut it down. You know, I, I get all that. Um, yeah. But what you see is encouraging. Yes. You know, it, it, the, the binary nature of discussions on the Internet get really annoying. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's not yes or no. It's 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 like, it's oh, game. you guys are hyping this guy up or this guy sucks. He threw for 20 yards in the first half. It, it, it's it's in between somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I'm encouraged with what I saw. Do I think he is the, the long term answer for the Atlanta Falcons? Not yet. Am I willing to go into next year with him as a starting quarterback, knowing you've got so many other holes you can then address? Yeah, I think he's I think he's good enough that I'd be willing to roll. You know, if this was, you know, if if I was one player away and I had a hole at left tackle, you know, I'd want to be a little bit more sure about it. But why not? And Michael, good morning, coming in on Facebook. Appreciate you coming in. You know, why not go get a a competent seven million dollar a year Teddy Bridgewater type, Geno Smith type. You know, Geno Smith played his way out of that, but that's what he was coming into this season. Yeah, Geno Smith type player to come in and compete. You know, Ritter, you've, you're way ahead. You've got a year in this. It's your job to lose. But go spend $6 million on a backup. You haven't had that luxury no. with the Atlanta Falcons for years. You know, you you need a 17-game season. You're going to need you're gonna need a guy to play three or four games more than likely uh, yeah. over the course of a season. Why not have a guy that can come in and play pretty well? Uh, 30 years old or older, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood that's willing to, to – get a nice check and be a backup quarterback for a while, but come in and do a job when it counts. Yep. I definitely think that's possible. Again, it'll come around first to your evaluation of this class, in my opinion, where you want to, how aggressive you want to be there. And what uh, if you want to go get a guy, I mean, another thing is you're not probably not going to be picking top 10 next year. Obviously the future has yet to be uh, written, but if let's say next season, the infrastructure around Ritter looks a lot better and he plays like a, bottom 12 quarterback well Mm -hmm. you might be sol in terms of the quarterback conversation the other one to follow here and falcons fans should have their ear to the ground on this uh does seem like there's way more smoke than there's ever been about lamar jackson getting moved and that is one that is at least worth following um Right now, early seems like the early favorite might be the Jets. That might just be the New York media machine pushing that. I like Derek Carr to the Jets for some reason. That just feels like a and I like Lamar Jackson, but if it if it took a Deshaun Watson deal to get Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't want it. No, I wouldn't want to give up. What was it? It ended up being three first round picks, mm-hmm. you know, and two hundred fifty million dollars guaranteed. Forget the money, okay? 
I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to give up three first round picks and change. It wasn't just the three first round picks, but that many picks for Lamar Jackson. No, nothing against Lamar Jackson, but that's a lot to give up for a team on the rise, a building team, um, where you feel like, hey, yeah, I think this team can compete for the playoffs next year with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Yeah. Um, assuming I'm going to get another eight pick and I can I can keep building on that. That. I, I just, that's a lot for me. And Gabriel, appreciate you coming in. He says Ritter equals a high ceiling and Mariota was kind of a low ceiling. Yeah, you knew what you were getting. Uh, and and actually, what's what's kind of weird about Mariota was you think of him as the, the high floor, low ceiling, steady guy, but he wasn't. He mm-hmm. was really bad. Pretty good. He was like player of the week twice and then awful. You know, it was, it was up and down. And that's kind of why he's been a journeyman quarterback since being a top five pick a few years ago. Chris Walker coming in. Morning, guys. Happy to get the win. Algier getting 1,000 yards and Ritter playing well. And the third rook and Drake London looked fantastic. Um, That's on my notes. That was the second thing I wanted to hit today. The first thing, actually, I wanted to hit was to say how how thankful we all are that DeMar Hamlin was making, seems to be on his way to a full recovery um, and the rallying around him and how quickly people started bitching about playoff seating and home field advantage and all that stuff. Just two days after, you know, DeMar Hamlin hits the turf. I mean, priorities, people don't forget them. I know we have, we're very selfish creatures. I get it, but bigger picture every once in a while, at least, at least for a week, not just 48 hours. Um, But Tyler, not just the thousand yards. He actually broke William Andrews rookie rushing record and Oh, 17 games. Yes. Tyler played in 16. Remember, he was a healthy scratch. I don't criticize the Falcons often because, again, my expectations are low. That was – I was very critical of that move, Nick, when you got it Damian mu- Williams as your backup and you've only suited up two running backs. It must be because of blocking uh, concepts. They probably didn't trust him out there, and he didn't really offer much in special teams. Now, I'm not saying it was the right move. I'm just trying to fi- figure out what logically could lead to that decision because you know – how much I love Tyler Algier. Mm-hmm. Um, when when the Falcons uh, picked him, you gave me a five-minute runway saying, Nick, you've been screaming about this guy all offseason. Talk to me about Tyler Algier. And he looked good. I mean, he's never going to be a get-into-the-open-field-and-off-to-the-races kind of guy. But the vision, the contact balance, the I mean, footwork, the, it's all great um, from him in that regard. He's a really good back. He'll probably never be a super dynamic running back. But if it's one yards at a time. Yeah, it's very true. Um, <laughs> hell, I'll take five yards at a time. Um, but uh, when it's blocked for him, he's great. They had an outside zone, uh, a, a wide stretch play for him in this one, where good job by the uh, center Dolman combo blocking. Did he play well again? He did play well again. That was a, he had a pretty I was watching him uh, for this mm-hmm. one. Um, not perfect, but had played well again. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, Tyler Algier is great. I do still think that this Falcons team, if it sets up for them, they should consider running back because I think this offense runs through the run game still, and we know how volatile that position is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you should, you know, unless you absolutely think B. John Robinson is God, I wouldn't probably take one in the top 10. Um, but maybe day two, maybe paying a, a running back okay money on the market considering how deep this class is, if it's short-term. Yeah, it's the long-term contracts that scare me with running backs. Yeah, um, but it's Because I worry about Caleb Huntley coming back, so you need another guy if Caleb Huntley, you know, even then bring somebody in that you can compete and, and stash yes. him on the practice squad if he's a, uh, you know, if he's a rookie and you need to, or at least draft that guy and have Caleb Huntley on the practice squad again or, yep. or, injured, or injured reserve or something. 
Um, but there's no, and I'm not sure. I, I'm not positive Caleb Huntley's under contract next year, honestly. Um, I'm not sure because he was a practice. He was a practice squad guy. Yep. So you know, I, I agree with you. Running back should be add somebody else here. I like CP in the 10 to 12 touches per game. I like Tyler Algier in the 20 touches per game. That leaves you know 10 touches available somewhere from from a running back spot. Just be, maybe this might be me being jaded after the season. I w- if you're going to try to run your offense through the run game, you probably want to make yourself a little safer there. Um, mm-hmm. That's the ideal situation. You lose one of those guys, though, the entire formula goes to bleep. Um, so I would maybe consider, and we have some running back talk in the draft here. We're going to be getting a lot into the draft, guys. This is a very good running back class. Anthony Evans says Blake Corum is going to be the best back in the draft, mark my words. I really like Blake Corum, like 5'8", 205 pounds, 210 pounds. Um, really good inside zone back. We also got uh, the running back from TCU, uh, whose name's game right now. We can watch him tonight. And also uh, Jameer Gibbs. I mean, you got Zach Chardonnay. You got Zach Evans. I mean, this is you got this is a damn good uh, running back class this season that you're going to be able to get solid contributors all the way through the fourth round. I remember watching uh, Charbonnet, and I think he was a California kid. I'm not positive. Went to Michigan off the bat. Yes. He yep. reminded me, his running style reminded me a little of, of Algier. Now that I'm I'm thinking of him, he was kind of a shorter, squattier, slide-off-you type of guy with uh, with, with yeah. decent, decent middle. Finish my point on Algier. Uh, William Andrews played in 15 games his rookie season. Tyler Algier played in 16 games his rookie season. But he actually had less touches than William, so he uh, he did it. He had a better average. William Andrews is one of my all time favorite guys. It's just you know when we're talking about comparing, well, they had more games to do it. He actually he actually broke the rookie rushing record in less carries. Uh, it was like two ten to two thirty nine. So nobody's going to discount what Tyler Algier did based on uh, an extra game in the season. He he earned it and he was fantastic this year. And I think. Uh, I, I've got a post on the Atlanta Falcons uh, Facebook page. It's got over 700 likes on it right now. It's going to end up hitting 100,000 people where everybody is like, love them both. You know, yes, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can love them both. I love William Andrews. I love watching Tyler Algier play. Um, coming back through, want to say good morning to some more folks. I think we said, how did I miss Joe? Joe, good morning. It's great morning, fellas. I feel like I miss Joe in here. Mark coming in on YouTube. He says, howdy, Scott, Nick, Falcons folks. That's all y'all. And Garner, cigar brand, he comes in. He says, we should definitely draft DL defensive end at number eight. No brainer. Uh, well, let's get into this, Nick. We talked about biggest offseason priorities. Uh, the draft will be one. But, you know, when you're thinking of biggest offseason priorities, what, what do you think? Uh, Garner says DL defensive end at number eight. No doubt. What do you think? I think ideal, ideally, that's where you go. Uh, that's where you'd hope to get a talent here. It could be edge. It could be the five technique spot opposite of uh, Graham. Hopefully he comes back healthy, which is a question mark as well. But as always, picking that high, sometimes the draft slot doesn't fit the talent available. Uh, I think right now you could talk about a number of guys, but they when we did the mock draft on, what was it, uh, Wednesday last week, mm-hmm. they were gone. <laughs> for yeah. the most part. So we went elsewhere, uh, but it's definitely a possibility that the other position here that sticks out to me is cornerback. Um, I think cornerback is very much a uh, first to fail system. So if you have one guy not doing his job, the entire secondary isn't doing their job then. And opposite of AJ Terrell right now, I don't know if I trust it. That could be a spot where you're looking to invest, especially with AJ Terrell, probably getting a decent contract 
coming up here. So get that rookie contract he's got, guy. Well, I think he's got one more year, but yeah, he'll 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 it's play. Coming. He's entering his fourth year next year, then his option, and then you'll be working on his extension. But uh, yeah, cornerback stands out for me as well. After that, I guess if it doesn't work out that way, you got to just take the best player at a on your board. I know you don't like that, Scott. At a position of value, um, somebody who maybe could eventually become a tackle, somebody who maybe you think is going to be a really valuable wide receiver. I know people roll their eyes at that, but I mean, you add Quentin Johnson to this, you have probably the most unique trio of height, weight, speed weapons in the entire NFL. Uh, so it's you could go a number of directions, and that's one of the good things about where the Falcons are right now. The other thing is we're talking about the draft. It shouldn't impact it totally, but it will impact it some. Free agency comes first. What does the right. team look like after you spend all that money? I mean, that's going to change things a lot. So, so priorities here, and, and and Garner, just thinking back to the Kyle Pitts pick at number four, I think we felt the same way at the time there. You know, Diff should be defensive end DL at number four. No-brainer. I agree. There wasn't anybody there. You know, there there wasn't the the Trayvon Walker, the the uh, – the uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, the edges weren't in that class. Even a Jordan Davis, there, there wasn't, I think one guy went in the first round, Christian Barmore, I think, and he may have gone in the second, like one interior DL didn't even go in the first round. Um, so don't reach that. That's the thing, especially this high and the Falcons are closer then I'm not going to complain about, you know, there you've got promising signs with a young quarterback. The offensive line looks good. I've got free agency money. You're not going to hear me complain about taking a position of value when we're talking about, you know, a BPA here, a best player available in, in a range, you know, again, I, 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 I chide at that phrase every so often because you're not going to get the best player available that the people state that as a fact. I'm like, well, did you, well, why'd you draft Kyle Pitts? He was the best player available. Really? Cause Jamar chase went number five. He's pretty damn good. You know, it's just, I don't like the phrase, but I, I, I get why it's used. So yeah. don't reach. That's all we're saying here. You you would have done yourself a disservice to reach at number four for a defensive lineman, defensive end. But yes, number one priority. Uh, for me, big priorities in the offseason, Nick. As far as maybe not the most pressing need, but maybe the easiest that you can take care of because you're in control of it and it can start right away. Caleb McGarry needs a new contract. Um, don't let him hit, don't let him up the open market free agency. Kayla McGarry has played his way into it took three years, but you put a first round draft pick on him. You did not pick up his fifth year option. Rightfully. So, um, I agreed with that at the time, but he has earned himself a new contract when it's all said and done. He is going to be a top 10 tackle on pro football focus. And he is going to be a $15 million guy. Uh, pay him. You've, you've got the money. The offensive line is in really good shape. You've got Jake Matthews. You've got Chris Lindstrom, who has a chance, Nick, to finish his PFF's highest rated offensive line. He had a one and a half point lead going into this week, and I doubt he lost it. Yeah. And then Caleb McGarry. One, two, three. Dahlman's improving. I can get left guard. Uh, and, you know, we, we they fixed it pretty well with Eli Wilkinson for a million two in free agency. Offensive line needs to be the strength of this defense. Biggest priority for me, at least earliest, let's re-sign Caleb McGarry. Yeah, 100%. I don't disagree with you at all. And even with talking about the offensive line, I saw somebody mention Peter Skaronsky in here. I think he's more of a guard. But, I mean, two of the best offenses we've seen so far this season in football have been without 
elite, no doubt, MVP quarterbacks have been the Eagles and the Lions, and those teams are littered with high picks on the offensive line. Obviously, it's not the way that you have to go, but I think if you all the defensive linemen are off the board, you could talk about a Peter Skaronsky there playing left guard for a year or two. You could talk about Paris Johnson Jr. playing that. This just the options for the Falcons make this so fun. Let's say you had an elite left guard, and then Drew Dahlman either continues the ascendancy or I bring in a, a really good veteran to compete with him, and you the the center position improves next year. And I go, Jake Matthews, Skaronsky, Dahlman, Lindstrom, McGarry, whoo, Algier. With Cordero Patterson coming in and being a changeup guy, my goodness. Now we're talking offensive line, folks. Yeah, and you would be talking about a offense that it would make it really easy for Ritter because he would not see many too high safety shells. And if he did, you're going to beat the absolute bleep out of that opposing team. Um, and it gives you a, a pathway, you know, year, two years down the road where if you want to move on from Jake Matthews' massive contract, uh, you could consider that. So. It's on the table. Um, it's not ideal, but but it's certainly a pathway where you could talk yourself into it. Millie Mills coming on YouTube. Good morning, Millie. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Chris Walker says, still have enough holes that it probably needs to be BPA and team needs combination. Yeah, I've said that a zillion times. The best draft is when a need meets the best player available. And again, you've got a, a tier of guys, you know, unless mm -hmm. at the very top, it becomes a little easier for you. You know, you might have, okay, this guy... I got Will Anderson and I got Jalen Carter and then I got a drop off. I'm, I'm taking one of those two, even if I took a, an edge last last time, but you play more than one. But my point is, unless it's a quarterback and you've got one, then you want to trade down. So if it completely does not fit a need, like the Bears are sitting at number one and I've talked about them as being the most intriguing team in the draft. Now they're sitting at number one and they don't want a quarterback. They want to draft out of that position. Yeah. They may swap, that, that game may have cost the the Texans a couple a couple picks to move up to the number one spot or they're going to shop it to the Colts. The Colts are going to say send me a one and a two and we'll move down from one to four. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun. So yes, um, otherwise you've got those tiers of guys and you try and and meet a need and and again as you say with enough if an, you've got enough holes there that uh, best player available there should be a guy there that fits a premium position except maybe like we said tackle unless you're unless nick just said a few minutes ago you're setting a guy up for the future because you're going to play him at guard in the near future or you don't sign caleb mcgarry you got to bring caleb mcgarry back it's a big one yep. yeah and the thing about this draft class specifically is that paris johnson jr played left guard last season for ohio state and looked damn good there and then he moved to left tackle and looks damn good there and also peter scronsky played left tackle but most people project him on the inside being a zach martin caliber uh guard prospect I don't think it's the best situation for the Falcons. Um, honestly, you might even consider a wide receiver there, given the value of that position right now uh, and how I'm excited. I don't take away too much from Quentin Johnson's game tonight, I guess is what I'm going to say, because <laughs> I could see uh, Georgia. I don't know, man. Would Georgia give up to uh, who Georgia play last game? Ohio, Ohio State. State. They put up 41 on them. Ohio State probably has the best offensive line in football in uh pass protection i just i don't know how it's going to look uh for that texans uh tcu team from a drop back pass game uh perspective but we'll be interested in it mean, god you got to feel good about this falcons team right now i mean we didn't even talk about every single guy. aj terrell looking still like a very good cornerback richie grant with that punch out he's been better and better in the run game all season uh you saw flashes uh from 
Oh God, there was another young player I was going to mention. I mean, Tyler Algier was great. You had Drake London, 120 receiving yards. Falcons going four for four on or three for three on fourth down. I mean, it looked good. Uh, I'm I am with uh, with Garner Cigarbrand though. Edge would still be my top priority. Yes, if 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 I could go, yeah. if I could go. But again, think of the the premium positions and what doesn't make sense for the Falcons. If your quarterback is there, let's say CJ Stroud's at eight. Maybe it's not completely off the table. Like you said, at the beginning, at the beginning of the show, you're going to have to do your due diligence on this. And maybe Ritter's played his way in where I can trade Ritter and a, and a, and a pick instead of going, you know, two high picks, something you've got options. Again, I think Ritter's pretty safe. So I'm going to, I'm going to take quarterback off the board as far as premium positions go. Could you use another wide receiver? Yeah. Could you use another cornerback? Could oh, you yes. use an edge? Yes. Those are probably the three highest ones. Could you use an offensive tackle? Maybe. Yeah. And the other one is interior defensive line. Um, and that's I've, not quite as high as the others. I put those yeah. as a tier down when it comes to pay scale. Yes. Um, you know, as far as like the, the number the 20 one. edge is going to get paid twice as much as the number 20 defensive tackle. Yeah. Um, it's not quite as premium, but yeah, absolutely. I could, yeah. I could use a guy there if there's a, a killer to be in there. But yeah, the three premium positions, corner, edge wide receiver I, I can take any one of those three and, and make a case for it on this team without a doubt and if i was ranking them right now number one would be edge just because of the value of the position number two then i might go into your defensive line uh, just because of how this team is set up a cornerback is right there i'm okay edge number one tied then as cornerback and into your defensive line i'm gonna cheat we like to talk about tiers that's tier two and then tier three is just you know, BPA at POV, um, get yourself a position of value. It could be offensive line. It could be wide receiver position of value. Yeah. <laughs> That's too many acronyms. Like what'd you just spell? Yeah. Um, Anthony Evans says we need to bring back Lorenzo Carter, and Michael Walker on one year deals. They'd be solid and get Grady some help, at defensive tackle, uh, Anthony, that was one of my other priorities for this off season. Find some help for Grady. Taekwon was really good. How well does he come back? He Taquan Graham was a revelation this year. I, I said when he went down, you're going to find out how good he was. Abdullah Anderson for a practice squad waiver wire pickup did a job. Get some help on those guys. Uh, Dave coming in, he says, good morning, guys. And he asked if Tyler uh, fumbled all season. If he did, I don't remember it, but it wouldn't surprise me if he maybe had one that I don't remember. Albert Knoppers coming in on Facebook um, and uh, Keith Robbins coming in on Facebook, too. And Joe Cannon, Joe Cannon puts in a vote for um, for Jameer Gibbs. Uh, that's a good shout. John Pope on YouTube. I'm running through these to say hello because we're going to have to say goodbye. So this is an aloha. We're going to be right at about 30 minutes for the show today on Monday. And then we've got to get going. Um, we're going to hop over to uh, Mile High Huddle to talk Broncos for breakfast. Feel free to join us because we're going to be talking more draft. Um, Mile draft. High Huddle on, uh, on YouTube. Um, Chris asked, one of the college all-star games this year, and uh, first weekend of February. So I'll be at the Shrine Bowl practices um, all week that week. And it, I leave like the 30th, 31st, 1st, 2nd, uh, right in there. Uh, Antonio Lankford, he says, great showing by the rookies yesterday. Yeah, how, how good do you feel? If you're watching your Tampa Bay, you're like, wait a minute. Ritter's a rookie. Algier's a rookie. London's a rookie. These guys are going to be a handful for a long time. Um, Jamal says, rise up. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Jamal. Hope you're doing uh, really well. Uh, and Millie Mills comes in. He says, Parsons was there um, when we were talking about the guys that might not have been available. 
Um, but you're right. When you have a shot at generational tight end, you got to kind of take it. Defensive ends, outside linebackers come all the time. Tight ends don't. I disagree on that one a little bit, Millie. And, and one of the reasons why is because Parsons was kind of considered an inside linebacker at the time, which yeah. wasn't necessarily as a position of value. And a redraft, you say, yeah, I'll take this guy. And he also had some pretty heinous, a few good men type um, hazing, bullying incidents at Penn State that wiped him off several teams' boards altogether. I, I'm, I would, that would, the interview process would have been very important to me mm-hmm. with that one and the background checks and all that type of stuff. But in a redraft, Parsons goes ahead of Pitts with, without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt, Parsons goes ahead of Pitts. Yeah, I do want to toot my own horn. I had a few tweets saying, hey, Micah Parsons, edge one in the 2021 draft class. He was off my board, too, based on what I'd heard for the Broncos and uh, his assault uh, allegations. But, yeah, um, we got Daniel Connor coming in saying you need a whole defensive line makeover to get after the quarterback. That's you're going to spend money there. You're going to spend draft picks there. Um, This defensive. uh, God bless Adeogandeji, but I don't want him playing as many snaps next year at this level. Maybe he can get better. Yeah. He can improve, but the level he's played the first two years isn't good enough for what the Falcons want to be moving forward. Yep. They need another edge. Um, Arnold Ebiketti needs to take a step forward. Bring Lorenzo Carter back. He was only like three and a half million. Yeah, give mm-hmm. him a raise. He may have played his way into a bigger contract. Get him a raise and then find your number one. Find, find, if, if, if he's there in the draft, go get him. If he's in the free agency and you want to need to spend eight figures, Seven, eight, yeah, ten million, twelve million, thirteen million dollars on an edge. Do it. You, you've got to get some help in there. Yeah. So on that note, Nick, I think we got to go. That was like the speed dating version. So much to talk about. We will be back on Wednesday morning at nine a.m. Uh, on this channel. We'll be going through some of the other teams and what they might be doing, as well as the Falcons. Um, I, I can't believe one and two switched. I can. But, uh, you know, the Chicago Bears ended up with the number one pick. And we'll be talking more Falcons. We're heading over to Mile High Huddle right now to talk Broncos coming off a win in the hope that they have gotten with a couple of, you know, with a, with a season-ending win. So we'll hit that one. And uh, until then, we'll see you Wednesday at 9. Check us out on falconspodcast.com if you want to listen after the fact. And we appreciate everybody being here.